0: Hello and welcome to the MHG Podcast. Life could be a little bit miserable, life could be a little bit dark. So we're here to bring you a little bit of joy and a little bit of light in these dark winter months. Hi Bradley, joined again by the absolutely wonderful rock to my hard place, I don't know, Stu. How you doing Stu?
1: <laughs> well, I'm just going to be thinking about your hard place now for a while. Sure, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was
0: no. almost a nice smooth intro for once, but then I just went, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm saying.
1: Uh, 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 sexual. <laughs> That's, yeah. uh, but no, Do you no, know no. what?
0: It wasn't even sexual. I was, I was, yeah, <laughs> literally between a rock and a hard place. Unintended uh, consequence. Yeah. But then I realised there's no one between us, so that doesn't work as a as a thing. And then, but I just went with it because you know mm. I've, I've run out of ideas.
1: <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, I'm pretty good. I've uh, yeah. As we were saying before we started recording, like we've both had COVID and we're both a bit frustrated um pissed off about how normalized it's become really because it's like you know you can <laughs> like okay there's capitalism and we kind of you know we have to be part of the system even though we don't want to be and we're both part of a system where jobs and life expects you to carry on when you've got a cold right and everyone's kind of like oh yeah all right come to an understanding that it's just It's called a cold. It sounds like nothing. It sounds like you should be putting a jumper on. But actually, colds can be quite nasty, you know, quite rubbish. Yeah. But you're still expected to work. And we're like, oh, all right, well, we'll we'll sacrifice ourselves to the corporate gods around that one. But now you're supposed to do it around COVID as well. And I'm really rapidly, I mean, luckily, I'm off because I'm starting my new job next week. So I've got a week of holiday. Not nice to have most of my holiday kind of wiped out by feeling ill, but, you know, at least, you know. But you are expected to carry on working, and it'll have hit you you and hit your family the same as, as hit mine. And I don't even care that much about me. It's my wife who's really suffered, because that's linking into something else, which I won't get into fully, but there's a big thing around the office my wife is being treated really, really poorly at work, and it's you know, terrible for her mental health, but it's part of a system, and, God, you know, that system is everywhere. Future Stu here, just quickly to say, I went off on a little bit of an angry tirade that didn't make a great deal of sense and was too personal, so I've cut it. But I wanted to preserve how Brad responded intelligently and calmly about fascism and about what we're talking about trans rights so I've left that in. So if there's a little bit of a jump that doesn't make sense, apologies. Essentially, what I was talking about was how rights are being eroded and the expectation of work in under a right-wing capitalist system that we're living in at the moment is forcing us into a terrible place. So let's continue. See what you think. So, honestly, it's made me so angry I can barely speak about it.
0: No, I know what you mean. It's, yeah, it's basically, if it doesn't suit the the certain subset of of the population then don't exist. Um, yeah. If you're not going to get into work then you better well die, essentially. Yes. Or not, yeah. not exist at all. Yeah, no, totally get it. It's like the uh, recent... I don't know if it was a budget or a, a statement or whatever it was but uh, the way now they're getting rid or they're going to cut free prescriptions for those on benefits. Um, they are... Increasing universal credit, but I think it's a real world loss still. Now, they they're really trying to force people into work, even those that really can't work. Um, and if you cannot get a job or you, that they decide you're not showing that you're trying to get a job, they will just stop your benefits after six months completely. Yeah. That's it, just close your case, you're done. Um, yeah. Now, what's the in? If they do go ahead with this, in 18 months, let's say, say 18 months, there's complaints about the amount of homeless people on the streets. Yeah. And I wonder if there might be a correlation anywhere, or whether it's just, you know, you know, it's just the life we all choose.
1: And this this kind of highlights the importance of, like, anti-fascist education, right? And why Germany did it so well you know, post-war, they're like, we can't ever let this happen again. We've got to bring it into the curriculum. We've got to bring it into normalised public um, discourse. We've got to let our children learn. Um, Because what I read years ago, the playbook of how you create a fascist structure, how you maintain that fascist structure, and it's really simple. It's basically, you know, it's create the other. It's like make an other group and the way that you do that is that yeah obviously you pick on them then you start bringing in the the key is bringing in legislation that excludes them and one of the easiest ways to do that is to unhome people because you make homeless homeless <laughs> my brain really isn't working homelessness <laughs> you you make it as criminal as you can that's part one but part two is also meaning no access to anything so no access to a bank account you know no access to benefits and then of course once you can't access those you become you know homeless you you live on the street your mental health drops you don't have any money you can't keep any money or retain it it's all a system it's a systemized way of just slotting people into a into a group that can then be effect, effectively exterminated either by a passive means or by an active means it's normally passive because fascist dictatorships are inherently cowardly um, and yeah and, and it's like you learn this like you should do in school but I learned it anyway as a fucking 45 year old adult as a, at the time whatever and you you just kind of gobsmacked by it and cuz you like you start seeing it happen and it's like once you know that's what they do you, you see it everywhere and it's not that you kiss the paranoia thing of once you understand something you start seeing it everywhere it's literally that's what they're doing and uh, and it's just unbelievable that we're we're so far right in this country now it, it it just boggles the mind it really does
0: yeah no it's i can't get my head around it um it it's just yeah crazy um and yeah, I I don't see it getting better. You know, the only other option we've got is Tory Light.
1: I know,
0: yeah. Um, which yeah, great, wonderful. I can't even think of anything piffy to say. Um, you know me, I like to kind of get through all these difficult times with something piffy or try try and be funny. I'm not, I'm not a comedian. I'm not, I'm not funny. Um, but you know, I try and say something light hearted as a as a. You know, I'm like I'm like the podcast shitty version of John Oliver. But I don't quite do it as well. <laughs>
1: oh.
0: Yeah, it's why we have, it's why we have escapes, Stu. It's why we need to have escapes. Um, very quickly before we do transition to uh, video games. Um, sorry, uh, conservatives, that's you switching off because we said transition. Um, <laughs> I, I've got to talk a little bit of TV quickly, very very quickly. Ooh, um, yeah. Have you seen the TV program Manifest?
1: No, no, I've not.
0: But right, give it a watch, right? Uh, it's really, really. It's one of those um, uh, event happens type thing. Like people go missing and then they all return type thing. So there's a plane that goes missing for five years and then it just mysteriously returns. Um, it's re- it's directed, or written, or produced by Robert Zemeckis. Um, of obviously you know, but people who don't know, Back to the Future. fame. Yep. Um, and other stuff, but who cares? Um, it's Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> anyway. He's. uh, Did he do the frighteners? No, that was Peter Jackson. Word, it. He'd done the frighteners. He was. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's basically, yeah, a bunch of people go missing on an airplane, they come back, and then they start having these things called call-ins, which tell them, like, oh, stuff's going on, and you can you can save it, and it starts, like, it starts off, and it's fairly grounded, like, it's fantastical, but it's fairly grounded in reality, and it got to, like, three seasons, and it was still just about going, like, showing maybe some religious type themes going on with God and the afterlife, and... And, and miracles and things like that but it was still fairly grounded and then it got cancelled in season three but they got renewed for one one final season um, but I think Warner Brothers saved it for one final season now I fully respect right? this was clearly going to be going for they were hoping maybe six, seven seasons or something like that and they was going to build up to the big ending but obviously they've had to condense it into um, one last season I fully respect that if you're going to go from grounded to batshit crazy, go all in. Don't half ass it. And Robert Zemeckis and whoever's behind it, everyone else behind it, just went, do you know what? Fuck it. Let, let's go. <laughs> let's go all in. Let's just make this as crazy and as mental as possible. And it's not good, the end of it, where I'm at at the moment. We've got about six episodes left. It's not good, but it's so insane with what the direction they're going in. But I'm like, oh, I respect it. I respect the hell out of it. You've given yourself one last season to finish this thing. You've got about 180 threads you've got to get through. And you've just gone, ah, screw it. And I'm all in for it. There's bad acting in places. There's literally a scene, right? Right. Where well, there's stuff going on, and there's a, basically a child's been kidnapped by someone else, and the father trying to get him back, and then the person who kidnapped him has kind of Munchausen um, syndrome, no Stockholm syndrome, sorry, wrong one. Um, the child into loving them as their mother and stuff like that, and it's got the thing right, and they're both there with the child, and like they they do the thing. And it's the sort of thing you see in a cheesy Hallmark Christmas movie or something like that, where they need to decide who the dog's going to live with. <laughs> and you know where you kind of get the people inside like going, come on, boy, you want to live with me? Come on, boy. Right, so they both decide, like, OK, we're going to let the girl decide, like this, like, four-year-old girl, whatever she is. We're going to let the girl decide who she wants to live with. And I said to we watching it, going, oh, God, they're going to do the puppy dog thing, aren't they, jokingly? And they did!
1: Nice. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I, no, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with telly at the moment. It's, um, I think you know, they they're kind of the the way they are desperately rushing to create as much content as they can to fill these streaming yeah. things, and uh, they just they just end up totally bananas. Though no, they can yeah. do because especially as they never like, they never think. Okay, so this we want six seasons, so we're going to plot and out a movie. six seasons. Yeah, but they don't go. We'll tell you what. We'll we'll make sure we've got a backup of this is how we can wrap it up nicely and, one season or three seasons. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and they always surprise when they get cancelled. It's like, you really thought you'd be so big and so good that yeah, you'd you... last six seasons. It's like... Yeah. You've got,
0: um, to be fair. So this is, this is the gist I got. It starts off and it feels like it could have been wrapped up in one season. It built towards a one season or two season wrap up. And obviously it got extended. So I think then they decided to sort of really go for it. And like, expand and then at the end of deciding okay going to expand through this third season is when it then got cancelled but yeah I could just imagine the writers room going right we've been given one more season by Warner Brothers we've got this what are we going to do and just all between them they just went well I tell you what let's go get a bunch of crack let's get some LSD and fuck it let's see what we come up with because that's what happens But yeah, that that that's pretty much my rule for life. If you could do whatever you want, as long as it's not bad, there you go. Do what you want, just don't do bad things like <laughs> humanly bad things. Bad movie, fine. You know what? Bad movies are fine, even if it is just like a money grab. It's fine. Just don't do bad things.
1: The last thing, the last thing I'll say on it, on on manifest. It was called manifest, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. Yes. <clears throat> on on manifesting his ilk, because um, there was that. You see, I'm not going to remember the names of very many of them, but there was Lost, obviously. Yeah. There was uh, the Hundred. Yeah, there was that one. I don't think I ever watched that one, but that was that one with Rafe, not Rafe Fines, the other Fines, the uh, Shakespearean love Fines. Um, Joseph. Yes, that's it. Yeah. There was that one where half the population disappeared, and oh,
0: flashback. Oh, flash was that one? Flash forward. Flash forward. Yeah. It's flash semi-crossover. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There was that. There's loads of these things where they've gone. Oh, I'll tell you what, one of the best premises is, and then they describe yeah. the premise, and it's like, and then they yeah, go, "Oh, wait, and, But yeah, the, the opening, got...
0: the opening bit where it's actually good is done. There, what do we yeah, do?
1: Exactly, where the hell do you go with it? And there's not many places. You and can also,
0: go, and also, for future people who want to make TV series or films or anything, one and done is fine. Absolutely. Absolutely fine. Exactly. One and done is fine. You don't need to turn everything into a long running series or a multiverse or whatever. Um one and done is fine. Um yeah. anyway, talking of one and done Stu, yes video games.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot most um, of them are. 99% of them are.
0: I'm gonna segue into what is clearly not a one and done series, because we both played true. it. Persona five Tactica. Yes. Because there's been God knows how many Persona games and spin-offs and everything. So, yeah, clearly our one-and-done theory is not working with Persona. But, hey, who cares? Persona is great.
1: Ah, Well, it depends whether you're talking about the IP or whether you're talking about you playing it. Like, 99% of the games are one-and-done for me, like, playing them. But uh, clearly the people who make them, (laughs) do They'll do as many sequels as they can get away with. Yes.
0: Yes, yeah, sequels and spin-offs, and yeah, 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 lots. So, what are your thoughts? Because I've got faults on Persona Five Tactics. You know me; I'm a big Persona fan, Stu. I, I actually yeah. like the writing. I think, on the whole, I think the writing overall in the games, I think actually nails teenagers quite well. Um, and it, for all their foibles that go with it, whether they're controversial writing or not, I think it, it does it really well. Um, And I think it's actually a very underrated series by the wider community. Um, I know you don't mind the games or, you know, you've played the games. You're probably not as into them as I am. Uh, But we both played Persona 5 Tactica. What's your thoughts so far?
1: Well, like you, I really respect them. Like, I really respect the franchise. I I still have kind of questions about... um... I, we we talked about it when we were talking about Persona 5 Royal, in that some of the characters, female characters, of course, are sexualized. I think that they often get away with doing it in a way that it isn't fully kind of male gaze, but I'm not the right, obviously, not the right person to speak about yeah. that. Um, I think one of the good ways to to tell whether For Tactica, that's not as big a plan, so a bigger point. So, most of it, I was just going to say that word. Yeah, it's a chibi game. So, they used to call it uh, Super Deformed back in the 1800s when I started playing video games. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) ah, Nintendo was still around then, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, they were just starting up their Hanafuda printed cards as well.
0: There you go, we speak true facts. Nintendo were. A company back then, they anyway, carry
1: on. Um, and yeah, so way back then, yeah, called Super Deform, now called Chibi, meaning like cute, I think, isn't it? And yeah,
0: it's because when you know that there's there's bound to be some kind of dodgy um hentai version of this, regardless, yeah, then yeah, you kind of go, Oh,
1: Japan, I know, <laughs> I know, and it is frustrating, especially as there are some really, really well depicted female characters who are sexy without being sexualized yeah i'm not saying i find them sexy because i don't but i I can recognize that they're done in a way that's kind of you know charismatic and fun and kind of like you know if you were in that world and you were one of those characters you'd want to kiss one of those yeah yeah, that kind of thing Um, with
0: their permission yeah
1: with their permission and the the boys the males in it the ones who are objectively you know kind of classically male um excellently done you know not over sexualized it's very difficult to over men in, in a in a patriarchal society anyway but they're you know sexy charismatic good looking but um yeah so that they're, they're they're the way it should be that you know classic style stylish you want to be them rather than want to be with them kind of thing you know what I mean um they do it all really well but anyway it sidesteps some of that by it being cheap <laughs> it was basically what I was <laughs> saying um and it's the the gameplay of what I've played of it so far, which is not a ton, is good. I, I like it. Um, yeah. It's f- more free flowing in the tactic thing than you, than normal, which is great. It's got all yeah. the classics. It's got you know press hold down a button to see how far you can move, um, hover over a, uh, an enemy to see what their abilities are. You have built-in Persona abilities, which comes over from the game. is a bit different from most tactical stuff. Um, And there's an upgrade path, which is not present in a lot of tactical stuff as well, which is also good. Um, But my only gameplay problem with it is, again, the amount of text, the amount of dialogue. Um, Yeah. It's a Persona game. Yes. But this is, again, an accessibility... It crosses over. It's both an accessibility issue... And it is also a storytelling issue. Now, mm-hmm. a storyteller, you pick your medium and then your, your message has to fit the medium. It has to be done in a way that works for that medium. And if you're, say, creating a... Um, God, I tell you, COVID has literally ripped my brain into pieces. <laughs> what are the games... Like, visual novel? visual novel right yeah if you if you buy a game that's a visual novel it tells you the genre is a visual novel you know what you're playing right if you play an RPG you know there's going to be dialogue there's going to be conversation but it's not necessarily a novel it's not um, reading things that kind of build the lore as much as playing the game builds the lore, the conversation in an RPG is supposed to be about character. The lore of the of the universe, of the way that the game is built, is in the gameplay and in the visuals. Um, whereas a visual novel, it's not. You know, the, the visuals are there as a kind of spice. They're there as a way to uh, visually navigate you through that world whilst you're reading like a, a novel. <laughs> this tries to do both. And it always, well, I say always has. It's done it for this and it's done it for, for Royal. And it doesn't work. Uh, now, that's not a personal thing. That's a genuinely, take this to anyone who does any kind of criticism, like uh, literary criticism, film criticism, anything, and they'll go, mm, no, this this doesn't work. And the reason is because it, it does both world, but like I say, it tries to do both world building and character building and conversational dialogue and cutscenes, all as a novel at the same time as when you're playing a video game and it's too much. Mm -hmm. Um, To where I'm up to, I understand what's going on from visual cues, mostly, but I'm missing nuance. But I'm unwilling to read all of that text. It's a wall of text. And even when you get dialogue choices of saying one thing or another or one from three they don't make any difference. It's just a breakup point for it to pause so that you can tap A. Yeah. And it's like, that is the most pointless thing in existence. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be enjoyable for some people or that it's badly written or any of these things. It means they've picked the wrong medium for it. And if you're going to do that, what you should do is, this is where the accessibility comes in, have something that allows you to skip it completely, just yeah. completely, and have a, a paragraph... Uh, accessible at any time, like a journal, that explains where you are in the game. But in the meantime, you've had 50 minutes of playing a video game. This doesn't do any of that. And the, the audience for it must be so, 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 so narrow, because they've made a terrible mistake with that. I can I can come out and say it. The, the actual bones of the game are fantastic. They're really good. I enjoy it as a tactics game. But everything around it and the unskippable nature and the terrible choices of, of how to insert that conversation and dialogue into the game is a terrible mistake from my from my perspective so counterpoint go <laughs> <laughs>
0: on uh, no i get it i totally totally get it now the reason it works so well in mainline persona games is that it's been built on that structure from day one uh the visual novel and the the dungeon crawling intertwine perfectly the balance in those games is spot on um, in my opinion, um, and I've always found with the spin-offs, it's a bit take it or leave it, and I, 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 I tend to go with the leave it side of the dialogue and the story. I just get to the main gameplay side. Um, now, what I think hits a lot of people, this happened with Persona Five Strikers, which is a Musu game. Now, if you've ever played a Musu game before, you literally You have a couple of moments of um, story, maybe. um, And then you go in and you hammer one or two buttons and kill millions of enemies on the screen. Um, And that's what happens. So most people went into, say, like, Persona 5 Strikers thinking, right, okay, Musu game with Persona characters, I'm all in. I went into it thinking that. Whereas what you've actually got is a persona ass Persona game, but instead of turn-based tactics, you've got... um, uh, Musu. Um, and I think that took a lot, lot of people by surprise. I really enjoyed it because I thought the story in that was still really well done. It was a, a great 1.5 almost sequel to the original Persona 5 game. Now, with uh, Persona 5 Tactica, um, I, I'm, I'm okay. They've gone with the same idea, which is it's a Persona Arse game. Um, with a more this um like this tactics strategy based gameplay. The problem I've got with this one is I don't like the story. Um, compared to other Persona games, even like the Persona dancing games had a decent enough story with them, but this one I just I'm finding myself not caring about the story. And like you. I think I'd be happy with a skip, and it needs some kind of proper skip feature to it. Um, I've played it, and I've literally gone, right, okay, it's going to start. Put it on auto oh, to skip so it goes through all the dialogue, and I'll just keep an eye on it while on while Steam Deck sat in its dock. Um, and then I'll press a button when it's needed until I get to the actual gameplay. And it's a shame, because the fact that it's lacking in the writing side of it for me means it's not a good Persona game at all. The gameplay set is really good, and I think it's a really, really good game in the gameplay mechanics, but it's not the best Persona game. It's a bang-average Persona game. Yeah. Uh, we've spoke about this before with stuff like the um, certain Splinter Cell games and, and things like that, where they're good games, just not good Splinter Cell games or not a good Hitman game. The, in their yeah. own right, Just yeah. make if it was a different medium, if this was Atlas doing introducing a new IP, I think it would have worked really, really well. Uh, but yeah, this isn't what I want from like Joker and the crew. It's it's just doesn't doesn't work for me so far. Now that's not to say I've played Persona games before where I've got to about 20, 30 hours in and then all of a sudden it's gone, the pennies dropped for me. Um, but I don't know if this is going to be the case with this one, which is a shame, as I said. The actual, the tactical side of it, this almost needs to be uh, Mario versus um, Rabbids style, where it's a bit more free-flowing, and then you do the tactical turn-based battles. I think that would have worked really, really well in this case, and minimised the story. But it's too much of a not-great story to keep me engaged Which is a shame. I will play it and I will finish it because I love Persona games. Um, And the gameplay loop is enough that I'm eager to get to it. But yeah, it drags and it drags and it drags. And it turns it from being, I think, a must-play game to one where I think you've really, really, really got to be into Persona lore spin-offs. Which is a weird niche market to aim it at.
1: Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think... So there's so many good TRPGs that have been released just mm. in the last couple of years, right? There's some really, really good ones. And some that are only okay or you know just scraping into the sort of good tier rather than mediocre, um, all of which are cheaper, um, you know, better. <laughs> um, you're talking about a crowded market. So, like, when I started playing games... I would play something that had good ideas um, but was mostly a bang average or made lots of mistakes just because that was new. Yeah. Um, It was a new idea and it did that part of it really well. But when you've got, like, uh, I'm just looking on Google, right, a a new Fire Emblem. Uh, In the last couple of years, we've had a new Fire Emblem TRPG. We've had Triangle Strategy. We've had Marvel's Midnight Suns. We've got Tactics Ogre Reborn. We've got Lost Edelons. We've got Hard West 2. We've got Symphony of War, the Nephilim Saga. We've got, you know, there's just dozens of them, and most of them are probably two quid on Steam in the sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, what's your value proposition? So, it doesn't all come down to money, but money has to be a part of it, and there's one thing, right? And the other thing is, yeah, it it doesn't respect your time, and time is money, so... People have so, even like school kids don't have time to just blow on, you know, things that could, if you read every little piece of dialogue, would last you years. Um, That's why they play Fortnite. And, you know, you have to respect people's time. And what's great about the best thing about the Persona series is they look beautiful and they're this fantastic mashup of, like, style beautiful clothing, beautifully designed clothes and masks and all of this stuff, which makes such a big difference in in fiction. You know, it, it really does. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, good characters and this amazing blend of like manga and anime, Japanese storytelling. And it just kind of like, it's it's a visual, It's 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 just mushing together all these brilliant Japanese media in such a good way that hasn't been done with that level of skill. Uh, in my to my knowledge, before. Uh, in a way, it's completely unique. And you'll put up with a lot so that you can see that and interact with it. And you'll do it with Persona 5 Royal, although I fell off it in the end. But for this, I think the thing that they could have done very, very easily to, to turn it all around is not insult the player's intelligence and have that dialogue and those conversations running whilst you were in combat. Have it running in the top of the screen You know, have those conversations popping out whilst you're playing the game. You could have done all of that. You, you really did not need to break it apart into two separate systems. It insults your intelligence. The, the The writing is really not that sophisticated. You could absorb that running in the background whilst you were choosing to go behind a box, fire a gun at a person, then cast a persona on somebody. It could run in tandem. And then you would have a game half length of at least double the quality.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I'd have been, i say, for me, with this one, for sure, I'd have been happier if it was a bunch of anime clips put together in between the uh the gameplay. Um for where I am. Persona five, uh, Persona four, three, um, and sort of like the original everything prior to that. It's um the choices felt like they had a bearing. They don't hear. So do you know what? Turn it into a mini anime with gameplay in it. That would have been absolutely fine. But as it yeah. is, it hasn't earned. It's an okay, it's a good game, average Persona game. I, I, it's, I, It's one of those ones where I can't say, don't touch it. And I can't say, yeah, go all in. It's uh, basically, on your head be it. It's, it's like the only way I can re- like say about it, whether to recommend <laughs> it or not. It's just, on your head be it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: And that could be bad, it could be good. I just don't know um i i'm enjoying it and i will see it through i don't think you will uh quite clearly um but hey that's what makes the world go round
1: it does it does yes yeah it's i I, yeah i agree with you i think it's one for diehard persona fans only to be honest if you want if you're itching for a modern or an older tactical rpg how did you google it have a look at all the ones that are available, look at the best ones, and then pick the cheapest one from it uh, that's that's yes. the best, and you'll be paying a couple of quid for an amazing game. If you fit, you know, yeah. yeah, go for that instead. Agreed.
0: Right, moving on, very quick one from me. Yes. Uh, now, it's not often I, 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 you find me not really having much to say about a game or, or being a little bit stumped by a game. So this, I might come back to this game in a few weeks and, and cover it again. But basically, I've been playing Dungeons 4. Um, now, I knew there was a Dungeons 3. Didn't know there was a Dungeons or a Dungeons 2. Hands up with that. Um, and I thought, <laughs> I've never played Dungeons 3. Um, it was one of those I looked at and went, oh, maybe one day. So anyway, Dungeons 4 come out from Calypso Media. And I thought, do you know what? I'll give this one a go. Let's have a little look. Um, it's a real-time strategy, simulation, city-builder type game. Um, so it, it, it ticks a couple of Brad Bingo bits off there. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I've been I, 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 playing it, um, and I can't quite get into it. Um, and I don't know why. So you basically you build dungeons as part of it and like as part of the city builder thing and you've got like this it's got this whole city builder thing going on which is absolutely fine and then you've got to set up almost like um, defenses and everything and then it's got this real-time strategy like a battle thing going going on and it, it kind of all works together it kind of introduces it well and You know, I get what it's trying to do and, you know, where you attack and where you defend and why you need to build up in certain ways. Um, and there's so much going on. And I feel that this isn't a game aimed at newcomers at all. I feel maybe I should have played Dungeons 1 to 3 at least a little bit before going into this. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I don't know, Stu. I don't know at all. Um... I, I, yeah help me Stu. you you don't even know what this game is i'd imagine no no um, but yeah there's millions like you like they send them out and they do your bidding or they come and attack and you give orders or that you got to deal with them and there's multi-levels to the story that's going on it's very big on that um like it's I'm like it's it feels like it's going to be an epic story to it, but I'm not far enough into it yet to um, uh, to sort of like really sort of understand where the story's going. It could just end in a couple yeah. of minutes, but it just feels like it's going to be a long, long time. Um, and everything you do kind of affects the world you're in, and it feels like there's a deeper lore that I'm missing here. Um, it's got co-op I've not tried co-op trust me on that one i am better get my head around it myself at the moment what I'm meant to be doing um but yeah I don't I just I, I just don't know I, but I'm, I'm also drawn to it um I'm kind of like yeah this is I don't know I don't get it but I'm enjoying it and I just can't find the right words to even describe what this is like I said, it's part city builder, sort part real time strategy. But it's again, it's not like anything I've ever really played before. But it also doesn't feel you and groundbreaking. And with my brain, my ADHD riddled autistic brain, I'm like, I like, I was like, I don't know whether to talk about this a lot because I don't know what to think of it. Um, so yeah, if you play Dungeons One to Three, you like them. Yeah, if you haven't, maybe start with something previous, I don't know. Um, I'm really (laughs) sorry, Calypso, who was the developer, sorry, Uh, Realm Forge Studios, I'm really sorry. I just, I think I might have been the wrong market for this one. Um, It's quality though, Um, so what I will say, what I can comment on, really good UI. Um, I played it on the Steam Deck um, and it's fine. On the Steam Deck, it's got full controller support. The UI could do with a bit of improvement, I suppose. Uh, but, yeah, it works really well. Controls are really good. You know, I've not sort of, like, been fighting it. So, that's all a good sign. Visually, it looks very pretty. Um, I really like that. Character design is really, really good. Um, and the gameplay, like, the individual gameplay parts, like, the building parts are fine. The battle parts are fine. I just, I just, as I said, I just can't get my head around how it all works together properly. And I think that's a me problem, not a game problem. It is, you know, Calypso. um, Obviously, you will know them from Tropico fame and other things like that. Quality is never an issue. And this is a very quality, feeling, playing, looking game. I just haven't got a clue what I'm doing. Is it okay for a critic to say that?
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, It is. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I find it frustrating when critics sort of pretend that they know everything and that normally manifests in them being critical of something yeah yeah that's the human that's human nature often isn't it sadly if you don't understand something you criticize it um but no no it sounds intriguing that if you're into Mm. that sort of thing It, it it sounds like it's mashing together a few gameplay styles and um it might be a little slippery a bit hard to get a grip on but that it sounds like it's worthwhile if you're into that sort of stuff. So, yeah. yeah it and I am like going to continue
0: tricking. dipping in. And I think like if it clicks for me, I will report back. Um, it's a busy time of the year. So, you know, I don't know why I'm talking directly to the developers or the PR teams, but it'll be sometime next year, I'd imagine, uh, because I've got so much to get through at the moment. Uh, but yeah, you've made a really good game. I feel like I'm like critiquing a child now. Going, it's a really, really good painting, but it's not going to replace Biddy's painting on the fridge. Okay. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If it makes you feel better, it seems to be doing um, really well on, on Steam. Yes. It's that's that's so
0: why annoying. I know it's a me problem. I, I did afterwards. Uh, and I think I've said before, I always play a game, um, Take down my own thoughts and then see if I'm with everyone or against everyone. Um, and This one, I kind of done it and went, well, I don't know. What, what, what are people saying? And generally, it seems a lot of people really, really like the hell out of it. So clearly, it's got a backing. It's got a following. Um, so if you've liked any of the others or you're into, you really get the the City Builder RTS mashup fully, give it a go. Um, if you're like me... Maybe it's not the game for you. And as we said, with Persona, it's what makes the world go round.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like it when they, they chuck in some different styles and try and innovate, even if it doesn't yeah. doesn't come off. Yeah. yeah. But it just sounds like it has for most people, so we should probably <laughs> show up about it.
0: <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll report back next year. Um, Sounds good. We just moment, we move on, right? It's refreshing, right? I know I don't want to blow my own trumpet because if I could do that, I'd be quite well off now. Anyway, I'd be working on a club in a club in Ibiza or something. Yeah. Anyway, that's really weird. Um, uh, but critics commentators when they just go, oh, I don't know. Is is I love that. So Liverpool women have got a former player called Natasha Dowie and she was doing co-commentary for Liverpool TV for one of the women's games. Um, and she's talking about one of our new players, Marie Hobinger, who's come in and done really, really well. And it is the most refreshing thing I ever heard. She's doing the co-commentary, and she turns around, she goes, yeah, Marie, you know, she's playing really well this year. You know, she's come in, she goes, she went, I didn't have a clue who she was before she came to Liverpool. And do you know what? I just listened to that and just went, yes, more of that, please. Rather than, like, you're... Jermaine Genuses or your Gabby Agmon, the horse pretending to know everything about the the guy who came from third division San Marino League or something like that. Yeah. Uh, more of that refreshing honesty, please.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I think that's also a very kind of pa- the patriarchy, as I continue to yeah. shout around. <laughs> it's like men feeling they have to all, all always know everything and compete with one another. And know. in
0: politics. Don't yeah. know, we don't know what to do quite yet, but we'll, we, you know, we'll we'll get together and work it out. Not well. We know what we're doing with this particular. We'll work it out. We don't know. It's yeah. fine to not know something.
1: It is to educate yourself and admit exactly. that you need that education. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now moving on. Something we do know all about, Stu. Mm-hmm. I'm segwaying. I'm segwaying in the middle of a show. Look at that. Look at that. Um, a bit of space, Harry, Stu, of salt. <laughs> what have you been playing
1: <laughs> i was really hoping you were going to go into it because the name of it has escaped me yet again because it's so you've been playing
0: head. air twist Dust joe
1: that's what i've been playing
0: by Uzuki,
1: <laughs> supposedly oh my god <laughs> this game man okay so okay i went in a little bit on Tactica, but it's it's not a bad game right it's a so, good game
0: just not your game yeah
1: exactly yeah it it does it it presents itself in in ways that that yeah they're mistaken and they could be better and there's a better game buried in there but the core of it's fine there's not often that i play a game that is genuinely absolute gack and yeah. this game is completely gack and it would i would say you see it has some merit one, uh-huh. because it actually turns on, you know. It, it, it uh-huh. passes the test of actually being able to boot. Um, and also because it steals...
0: It's his own. It's, yeah, you can't steal your own
1: stuff. It, considering, you know, this is this is the, the person who made, you yeah, know, Space Harrier, obviously. Outrun. Super Hang-On. Uh, dozens of other incredible games. Um, it's pathetic, is the mm. best word I can describe it with. So... It takes everything that Space Harrier had and throws out all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you basically, you know, it's a rail shooter, you go into the screen. It, similar to Space Harrier, you you carry a, a weapon rocket under your arm and shoot stuff in a fantasy land. Um, that's pretty much, other than the basics, that's pretty much all you're getting. Other than yeah. a completely bizarre pop opera soundtrack that is the weirdest thing we've ever heard, which is probably the best thing about the game. It sounds like a bizarre mashup of like Queen and ELO. Um, hey, you really will have to listen to it to, to get any kind of understanding. <laughs> it's just, just bizarre, but yeah, it's got nothing. It's got nothing. It's so it fails to be Sp- Space Harrier or a sequel to Space Harrier in any way. It's you. It's so limited. It's so dumb. It's so dull that literally it passes the barrier of being able to boot, and that you you play. You can say I have played a video game, and that is literally it's a
0: playable video game out of ten.
1: Yes, which would for me, other than I'd give it. I give it a point for it bringing back some of the characters from Space Harrier because they're pretty, and I give it a a point for. I'll give it half a point for being able to. Uh, move. Um uh yeah, boot and close without crashing. So I'll give it one point so five. It's better than 10.
0: most Ubisoft titles. <laughs>
1: yeah. So one and a half out of ten. It's the <laughs> worst game I've played in oh years. Five, ten, maybe even ten years. It's awful. On every level.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I right, so This is where I fall on this, because I I got this um, to review. I think you paid actual moneyly dues for it. And, yeah, I picked this up because it was offered to me. It came came through from um, the the PR team, and it was like, Oh, you Suzuki, you Space Harrier. Yeah, let's go. Um, What could be bad? Um, And my first thoughts were, look, I love Panzer Dragoon. But there's no doubt in that's age, very brownly. <laughs> brownly. It's very bland looking game. Yeah, it's a very bland looking game by today's standards. So, do you know what? If you can make a Panzer Dragoon, Space Harrier style game, um, but make it prettier, good. You know, you're, you're somewhere way there. It's very bland looking. Um, there's like no contrast between your main character, the enemies and the environment. Hardly. Um, it's just kind of like a blur. It's just a, I, I don't know. It's like gruel <laughs> yeah. in a bowl, but on screen, and you get oh look, there's some flashes of colour, but I don't know if that's an enemy or what. Um, the your your reticles and your fiends that tell you what you're aiming at, they don't stick out. So it's not like do you know the remake of ah um... oh, not Airwolf What was the uh, the one Top Gunny style one called? My mind's gone blank. Afterburner. After burning, yeah. You know, that was that was everywhere, and there was loads of bright colours, and the reticles went beep, 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 beep on everything, and then you shot everything. There's none of that here. It's just like... And it's, it's that's kind of like the whole thing. The whole game is like... And it's, it's kind of like how I felt playing the game. You're flying through the air, but it just feels like... Uh uh, it's like it's like someone's been forced to like reanimate the snowman every year for the past 40 years. But make the same thing. And they've just gone, we'll just take the colour out of it a bit more. Let's just, you know, and we'll just get rid of some of the music that makes it iconic. And the animations, I will just blend it up a bit. Um, and they've just lost all hope with remaking the snowman um, for 40 years. This is what this game feels like. Um, the UI is awful, um, the choice of fonts used is awful, uh, the menus are awful, the options menus are awful, the character design is poor, they're not memorable to me, because you turned around and said they're returning characters from Space Harrier, you know, my first thought was, is there? You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really sure about
1: that, Sue? <laughs> yeah, there are, but you, you, they're rendered in such a boring way that, like you say, it just becomes gruel. And I know that it was like, it was a mobile game and it really, really stands out, but mobile doesn't necessarily have to mean shit. But in this case, it really is, yeah.
0: You know, don't get me wrong. Angry Birds is a mobile game. And you know what? It never translated to consoles. You can't charge, like, full price for Angry Birds, which they tried to. Anyway, let's go down a different kettle of fish with it. Go down a different kettle of fish. That's mixing your uh, thingies up, it A little bit. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's... um, Yeah. So, but uh, it was a good game. Angry Birds was... It mechanically, it was sound and visually, it had a style. It's fine. Flappy Bird was mechanically sound. It was a god awful thing that I didn't like, but it was mechanically sound. This just is just. Ugh. I, I tried playing it like Space Harrier. It didn't play like. Uh, I remember Space Harrier. Definitely doesn't play like Afterburner or Panzer Dragoon. Um, I, even these days, you've got Res. Which still holds up and is beautiful and shows what you could do with this job, but like, it's just it's not even vanilla stew. Vanilla stew. Ooh.
1: <laughs> Good flavour. Um well, exactly. I mean, we've probably wasted way too much breath no, on this we game haven't anyway, because it's so bad, but...
0: don't buy it, it's twenty quid, Stew! Oh, yeah,
1: no, it's twenty quid It's insane. I was going to pick
0: up that 45 quid for um, Dungeons 4 might have been a bit pricey for some. But that's a quality video game. I might not get it, but it's a quality video. This is 20 quid. Honestly, give me 20 quid and I'll kick you in the face. And you'll get a better experience. Yeah. It's awful.
1: Pretty much.
0: Pretty much. This is worse. This is worse than that stupid bloody NASCAR game I played. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, I know. the worst thing I think is that you could you can rip off you could rip off a game from 20 years ago so like 90 percent of the audience wouldn't remember it um, yeah. and you could rip it off completely and just reskin it and you'd have a game that is like a hundred times better. So what's the point of doing this? It's a waste of time, effort, money, talent, everything. It's a waste of everything. waste of everybody's time.
0: And I get people, like, people look at a game like Thirsty Suitors, and I saw a couple of hot takes say Thirsty Suitors looks utter crap, right? Because it's, like, it's, uh, it's like, very sexualised, and it's, like, it's uh, it's very um, horny, shall we say. It's a very horny game. Thirsty and day. I get people looking at that and going, ah, it looks a bit shit. I get that. But it's a good video game. They've caught the core of the game. Good. You might not like the subject matter, but it's good. This This is Yu Suzuki, shoe. This is Yu Suzuki. What? I mean, are they weekend at burning you Suzuki just using his name? Anyway, you can get Air Twister for twenty quid on Steam, get it? No, don't. Don't. <laughs> um, I might never get anything from this this these these publishers or or that PR firm again. Just don't. This is my Sonic 4 moment. Don't don't touch this. Um it's got a positive rating.
1: I really don't understand that.
0: How many of Yuzuki's mates have played this? It's 16 ratings and they're positive. Is this like literally all Yuzuki's team?
1: Pretty much, I would guess. <laughs> I think it has to be. another
0: arcade favourite from Usuzuki. If you like games like Panzer Dragoon or Space Harrier, then buying this game is an easy diet decision. Yeah, don't! Don't buy it.
1: do not get easier than that.
0: Otherwise it will ruin the memory of Panzer Dragoon and Space Harrier. My rez instead. In fact, the Panzer Draco remake isn't that bad. Get that.
1: There you go. Anyway,
0: anyway, moving on, Stu. Yes. Um, we need a planet cleanser. Planet cleanser. A planet cleanser. Oh, we've just. I'm not found, Thanos.
1: We've just found the new ti- the title for the episode. A there. Planet definitely. cleanser. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, my brain. Anyway, um, American Arcadia, which was billed as Truman showed the game. Um and you know what? It's Truman Show the game, but with like more of interest in writing. Um it's fantastic. Wow. Basically, you've seen the Truman Show or heard of the Truman Show. I'm gonna assume everyone's at least heard of the Truman Show. Yeah. If you haven't, go watch it. It's brilliant. One of Jim Carrey's best performances apart from Eternal Sunshine and The Spotless Mind. Um Yep. He's actually got a lot of good dramatic performances um, for the uh, covid denying, vaccine-denying freak that he is these days. Um, anyway, great actor. Great actor. Yep. American Arcadia is basically, if someone decided to expand or make a sequel or just, like, really be influenced by um, the Truman Show. So, basically, you play... There's two parts of the game. There's this 2D platform style section and then there's this 3D... Section to it, and the 2D section is the character that would be your Truman, let's say, where they set up this place called American Arcadia, which is in a giant big dome in the middle of like nowhere America, uh, California, I think they said it's set, one of the big deserty type places anyway. Uh, you play as Trevor Hills, um, and you kind of find yourself like everyone in this world, not just you, everyone in this world is part, is the part of this giant TV scenario. Piece. So everyone's born there. It's kind of kept in per- perpetual 70s, like the te- like the look and everything there. It's got technology, you know, like modern technology, but it's all kept in the 70s um, to give it this aesthetic for people to watch on TV. Um and it's like it was the most popular show or whatever it was in America, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three six five. Um, but ratings right are going down. Um, and if the people in um, in, in Arcadia are on um bringing the numbers in or just aren't interested, then they get to win a grand prize trip. Um, and it turns out that grand prize trip is actually they're exterminated. Uh, but you're totally unaware of this, as Trevor, uh, because you live in this world, Truman-esque. Now, as we all know, The Truman Show, um, if you haven't seen it, it's a spoiler, but it's like 25 years old now. Yeah, got to
1: be, isn't it? Yeah. 90, 90, 98, 98, 98, say 98 or 98. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so he then gets like some messages and stuff start happening. He's like, oh, what's going on? And slowly becomes, sorry to use the word, woke of the world around him um and it turns out and then this is where that's all the 2d part you go to 3d part and you're someone who's a a technical officer or technical type person on the show and you're trying to feed information to him you want to help him escape and reasons everything twists turns etc. come later down the line um but it all just goes from there so as the person operating him it's a 3d environment you have to go and do bits in first person um that, like help him but you also control the cameras to open doors or help him get by certain situations where he needs to sneak through and as Trevor you're just walking literally left to right um, with some variance to that sometimes running sometimes walking sometimes climbing etc etc escaping people and that's all on a 2d plane um, melds the two things together wonderfully uh, the story is so engaging. The character work is absolutely stunning. The visuals are stunning. The world is just... It's a beautiful world, but definitely foreboding. Um, and, again, we are so spoiled at the back end of this year with indies. Um, it's from Raw Fury, um, who are an indie publisher, I like Dave the Diver. Um, but that is not an indie. This is very much an indie. It's just, yeah, I'm just absolutely enamoured with this game. Um, and I honestly think that had this released four months ago, this would be in the conversation for Indie of the Year, one of the Indies of the Year. Maybe not winning it, but it'd be in the conversation. It is so, so good. Um, and what I love, what I love is the amount of Easter eggs that are in this as well. Um... So I won't ruin anything as such, um, but if you see the Truman Show, very early on in this game and you play it, there's a moment where they've got this protocol um, for like if people try and escape, right? And it's called the Burbank Protocol, which is genius because it's Truman Burbank.
1: Oh uh, right, I've seen this for twenty years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. Fair play.
0: Um, yeah, you don't retain useless information like someone like me does. Just, <laughs> but it done it, and I'd that is a really cool little Easter egg for people who really like the Truman Show and understand the Truman Show. What that that's brilliant. Um, and it's like it's it's like there's loads of little mini Easter eggs in there that are very subtle. It's like they they really know what they're doing, and it's very much um, almost Bioshock esque. Like they're trying, in a way that the world they're trying to create. It's very much, though, that of, like... Um, I forget the guy's name in Bioshock now. Um, where they're trying to create this perfect, like, utopian world. Um, but it's... Yeah, oh, it's just... Brilliant. Um, and, like, the the person who sets it up... is like, the Walton um, Foundation. It's, like, from the Walton family. And they set up, like... So, this, like, this um, cartoon that he started off with back in the 30s... And then went on to be this major conglomerate with movies. Um, now you might hear something that sounds similar, the Walton company, Walton, uh, with a cartoon that started it all off, you know, again, little nods. Um, I'm talking about Walt Disney, by the way, the Walt Disney company, just in case you didn't realise. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's just loads of it there. And it's just, it's just it, oh, my God, I am really enjoying it. It's very linear. There's no, like, choices matter or anything like that. It's got a story to tell. You are going to basically be along for the ride in that story. Um, and it plays into, because um, it's the actual fear now, is it the Truman um, condition or whatever it's called, where people think they are in, like, a simulation or they're all being watched. It really plays into that fear so, so well. Um I just brings it all together brilliantly. As I said, looked beautiful, acted beautifully, written really, really well. Uh highly, 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 highly recommended. Um and yeah. Um I, I just I don't know what else to say about it. Um and it's two pound twenty-four cheaper than air twister. So by you know, a factor of if 10. yeah, if you yeah. if you've got twenty quid spare, get this.
1: So um yeah. I'm going to ask you a question completely unrelated to this now. You've you've said a couple of times that you don't consider Dave the Diver an indie game, but I don't understand because looking it up, it's by somebody called Mint Rocket, who are both developer and publisher, and they look like a small outfit to me.
0: Right, so Dave the Diver is by uh, like Mint Rocket, and they are now down as the publisher. Now, but the issue with Dave the Diver is... Their backing is from a multi-billion-dollar. Um, I want to say it's, a, it's an Asian uh, conglomerate, and yeah, they're not fully Nexon. Sorry, that's who's behind it, Nexon.
1: Oh right, okay. So they're, they're um, it's who? it's like yeah, it's it's by yeah. stealth that it's uh, somebody yes. big. Gotcha. Yes, that's
0: so Sorry, not no, sorry. Nice. yes, because they. No, and it's, in, it's it's basically set to take all the Indy Awards this year oh, okay. uh, because of where it's been put in. And a lot of the, uh, obviously, the Corporate Shields, Jeff Keighley shows, obviously, they don't care. Um, and uh, allowing it to happen. Uh, that's it. Right. Korean, States, Taiwan, Thailand, multi-conglomerate worth about $200 billion. So, you know, So Indy.
1: Uh, in the truest sense. Um Right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pirate that without any uh, any worries. Then that's fine. Good,
0: mm. brilliant game. Yeah, but yeah, just be honest about what it is. Um, but yeah, American Arcadia. If you if you just want something that's honestly something that I just I absolutely adore it. it it's so so good. The visuals, I love the visual style as well. It's like low poly but high quality low poly. I love that style. And uh yeah, I just. Get it, play it. It's better than anything else that I've played this week. Oh, that's really cool. Um, or play Air Twister, your choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's not your choice. I I mandate that you're not allowed to play that. So there you go.
0: That's, yeah, if we ever if we ever get into power um, over the Tories, that's going to be the first thing we put in. We mandate that no-one is legally allowed to play it.
1: <laughs> I think what you should do is put your money towards that um, Like a Dragon guiding which has all of, uh, those arcade games in it, That are, many of which are you... Well, some of which are you, Suzuki. Buy that instead and play those games.
0: Yes, and I'll bet you I'm going to have, to have a, a bit of a live Google search. If I have to do Space Harrier Yakuza... Uh, da, da, buy Yakuza Zero. And you can play Space Harrier in that.
1: Oh wow! Excellent.
0: Um, and Yakuza Zero on Steam at the moment is is currently it's $15.99, So you can buy Yakuza Zero for less money than um, Air Twister. Yeah. <laughs> get through about an hour's worth of story. Head straight to the arcade and play Space Harrier. There you go. There you go. Far and better. you still get a really, 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 really. really game alongside it that's got like 40 odd hours of just amazing storytelling. so you know and a bunch of other arcade games that I can't be asked to go and find and list but you get Space Harrier Yakuza 0 a bunch of other Sega classics load of other little fun games such as Marjon and whatever dancing and karaoke for £3 less than you could get Air Twister it's just a goddamn bad game yeah um, I'm never getting anything from that publisher again well it's worth it <laughs> Uh, but well done, Sonic 4. You are probably no longer the worst game I've ever played. It's,
1: yeah. It's the worst game I've played of the modern era, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It's dreadful. It's
0: poor. It's really bad. It's so bad. It's really bad. So, yeah. Air Twister. If you hate somebody, there you go. There's your secret that. <laughs> <send-off. laughs> if you hate yourself, don't. No, <laughs> you it. can't hate anyone that much. I probably hate Farage less. No, I don't hate Farage less than that guy. I don't hate anyone. Um, I don't like the word hate, but it's a really bad game. It's a really bad game. So, there you go. Yep. Buy American Arcadia. Yeah. I'll shut up now. <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I really I really couldn't keep the uh, the anger down this week because, oh, my God, so many terrible things. I think, you know, it, it's like sometimes it's too much to, to be, like, really furious about stuff, um, and sometimes it's not. And I think... You know, it's kind of righteous fury. Most of it is is generated by the government. It's, it's the slide into fascism. Even, like, frustration at not being able to, like, protest as easily because I'm quite far away from places that, where, where they have protests. And, you know, combined with, like, work from a from wife and stuff, it's just really, really annoyed me this week. So I do apologise for being quite so uh, Oh, well,
0: I like the idea. Angry. So, Stu, so, 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 why don't you like Airtwister? It's the government!
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I blame um, them for everything. Um, but
0: I kind of enjoyed giving a game a kick in today yeah yeah
1: it deser- no, no. it's well deserved it's not you know yeah but anyway that's it for this week as usual follow us on all the socials join us on Discord to chat make sure you check out the website for lots of extra content and until next week stay safe and stay sane